I'm pretty Hello. sure we're recording. Oh, I'm quite loud. Yeah, okay, that's Testing. great. <laughs> Have we got the levels up the same? We the do? levels are on zero. You know your stuff, Lorraine, I tell you that. <laughs> I really do. Zero, oh, did you, you know right? that I'm a, a media tutor? <laughs> 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 so we're now... Um, we're in a, in a fancier kind of location than we usually are. We usually are, yeah, but yeah. the never-ending quest to <laughs> find microphones and then yeah. not really getting it. But anyway, we've got these two microphones now and we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it'll work. Mine keeps kind of popping up there. But Let it go there I and see if it pops up. Oh, it does. It does yeah. Maybe just angle it down towards you, the actual microphone oh, itself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of like doing this, though, because I feel like well, as somebody from the... There'll be a lot of mic handling the, noise yeah. on the channel, oh, Lorraine, right. is what I'm saying to you. Oh, also, yes, yes, Quite the course. media practitioner, aren't you? <laughs> I'm going to just put it down there like that. Now I kind of feel like somebody from uh, one of those movies in the 80s where they're in a radio studio. It's <laughs> and some shock like, jocks. Good morning, like, yeah. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how are you? I'm good, good, good. So we've loads to get. How are you? Allow me to reciprocate. How are you? No, that's grand. I'm fine. Let's get on to the show. Let's move on Oh, grand. We're yeah. crazy busy. Everything's yeah. fine. Yeah. Do you know what? Should we do the timer thing again? Yeah, I do. Should we try and get it under an hour? Yeah. Let's, let's aim for 20 minutes on each topic. 20 minutes on each topic. Okay. Right. So we're. I'm going to start the timer now then. Feeling 20. quite free to shorten that, shouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we want to. So before I start the timer, I'll just let out all our uh, listeners. That's the listener. No, the listener. The listener. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> but uh, we are now talking about, we're going to talk about The Crown season five. Yep. We're going to talk about the new movie Barbarian. And yep. we're going to talk about Bono's new autobiography called 40 Songs. No, yep. it's called Surrender. Surrender. 40 <laughs> Songs and 40 <laughs> something else. Something else. <laughs> Well, I'm we're on top of our game today, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Okay, the timer started. Who do, what do you want to start with? Um, let's go Bono. Okay, perfect. Yeah. That's great. And here is a uh, pre-recorded introduction into Bono's autobiography. Okay. Well done, Lorraine, and yeah. that great <laughs> introduction. <Awesome>. <laughs> 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 Guess we know that. who's done that okay. one. Um, right. Okay, so you recommended listening to this. Yeah, and uh, it was... I'm not sure. See, I'll watch a or uh, I'll watch a rock documentary on anybody, a music documentary on anybody. I really don't care who it is. Or I'm just interested in it, so I don't have to like the music. I don't have to like the person or anything. I generally I'm just interested in their the whole process of it and everything. Mm -hmm. And but I'm not a U2 fan. I don't right. hate them, but I I quite proud of the I don't quite perversely proud of the fact that I've never spent a penny on U2 in my life. Okay. I don't listen to them. I don't like their music enough to buy it at a time when buying it was all you could do to get it, really, unless you wanted to tape it. But I don't, I've never listened to it really of my own free will. Right. Do you know what I mean? So and you, I, you didn't like the song? It's not that I didn't like, they just leave me a bit cold. That's okay. all. And I, and mm -hmm. I know they have plenty of great songs. Mm -hmm. Plenty of them. And like, a, like, you know, when some bands go out and they can do like uh, what they call a, a jukebox performance where it's just hit after hit after hit. Okay, They're one yeah. of the few who can do that. Yeah, you know, yeah. And you would know. <clears throat> easily. They could easily play 20 songs on the road that even the most casual uh, listener of their music would know. But, and I, they've lots of great songs, but again, it just never, it just doesn't do it for me. That's mm -hmm. all. I can see it's good, but it just doesn't do it. Okay. So this is the first money that, you two have ever gotten out of me. Mm. My Audible subscription for <laughs> one month went to Bono and his publishers. <laughs> right. yeah. But um, yeah, so I was interested to hear. I was more interested in how he came across more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And I'm always interested in the, the creative process. I, I, I read Morrissey's autobiography a few years ago, which I was really looking forward to. 
uh, I always joke that the, the Smiths are so good that not even Morrissey can put me off them. Right. But, yeah, uh, true. but I was really, I was really kind of disappointed to, to find that the Smiths took up something like 70 pages in that book. Okay. They were only together for six years or something right, like that okay. or seven years. Yeah. But still, mm. that's, that's just spite on his part. And how long was the book, do you know? Oh, it was, it was his entire life. He was 50 or something, 50, early 50s when he wrote it. So okay. it went right up to modern times. Right. But... To devote so little of his yeah, book to when, the most important musical mm, thing that like ever happened. When you happened think of Morrissey, you think of the Smiths. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I do. So uh, I was interested to to read about this. Uh, but uh, what about you? What was your mm. what was your your pre book relationship with you two? Yeah, I was actually one of the few. I was wouldn't have called myself a massive U two fan I, when I was younger. I mm. definitely uh, was. Is that your medal? Sorry, I'm just interested. No, a there's Mary, a medal hanging medal off of, the medal of Mary. I haven't Immaculate gone all religious medal. like Bono to hang a, <laughs> yeah, a, a miraculous medal off my off mic stand. Microphone. No, that's just, just there anyway. There. I thought you just slipped it on there, whatever. So, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trying to take it in a more the religious way. You bring it around. Um, yeah. yeah, I when I was in secondary school, I I remember loving them because I remember mm. queuing up for tickets for their second oh, really? gig, okay. and they will they went they sold out after a couple of minutes. Right. So we've been queuing for hours. So I, I did. I think a lot of that though was because when I was younger, I had this thing about Irish bands though like I was really I loved seeing Irish bands do well right. like it was a really a very weird, unusual approach yeah. for an Irish person <laughs> it's, it's really weird like, and especially if I, I, do you know what it was it was like I loved the fact that other people from other countries thought this Irish band yeah, was so yeah. great. So yeah, I always yeah. loved the fact that right. YouTube was so successful. And yeah, I always yeah. used to like feel really proud about oh, it. I, I, like, I get that. I would feel that as well. I yeah. would have felt, yeah. It, like a small, small country, small country syndrome, I think, where it's kind of also, like, yeah, we're great. Yeah, we've we? got the biggest band in the world. And for a while, they were the they biggest, were the biggest band, band in the world. And, yeah. But in fairness, I do think, now I'm not a YouTube music fan anymore, as in I, I wouldn't really listen to the music much. But I, I do, like you're saying, I do think there's amazing songs. Like I lo- With or without you is still probably probably one of my favorite songs yeah, and I don't listen song. to that type of music yeah. anymore but I think that's an amazing song yeah. I love one obviously as well Sunday Blood Sunday I always loved that even right, as a okay. kid because I love the drums at it yeah I, I was going to say the, the old military drums yeah. would appeal to you I with your the, drumming background yeah, my, my, yeah. my vast drumming well background. yeah but it's but that's I what I did think why yeah, you would like that song it was, I love that I for my practicals for uh, music for leaving search I think I played the drums to Angela Harlem so I oh, always right, really okay, liked yeah, that so I always thought I always liked a lot of their songs and I always loved Bono's voice now not so much anymore but I remember when I was younger thinking if I could sing like any man if I was a man and I could sing like anyone I would probably pick either Freddie Mercury or Bono they were the two that I always thought I just thought he had the most amazing voice now when I hear him especially on this Mm. audiobook because I listen to the audiobook as well there's something about his voice, something that can, sometimes it can be a little bit annoying or he kind of adds in these noises <coughs> that I don't really like. Having said that, I think his range is quite mm. good and he can go up I, very high and he yeah, can go down but very I think low. And as with all things, you'll find the bands over the years, they start to lower the key that their songs are done in because oh. they can't quite stretch to what it was before. But he's done better than most and been able to yeah, maintain he, that. Like he know? seems to have kept his yeah, voice relatively yeah. intact. But yeah, so I, when I was younger, definitely I was a U2 fan. A lot of that was because of the fact that they were Irish. But also mm. I did really like their songs but then as the years went on I just I haven't you know I wouldn't have listened to yeah. any of their last maybe five albums or I don't know how many albums they have but after um, Act On Baby that's yeah. probably when I stopped listening but uh, but and I always thought Bono kind of got a rough deal but at the same time I understood why people would find him annoying but I just thought the amount of work he did for charity yeah. and everything well, else What is it you think annoyed people about him? 
I think it was the fact that he, well, he does talk a lot, in fairness, and he goes on a lot. And I also think Irish people just weren't used to seeing an Irish person be so confident and mm. so kind of uh, out there and putting themselves and their band out yeah, there and, yeah. and speaking up about things that they sure. really believed in. Now, Bob Geldof did the same yeah. thing, but I think maybe people had the same relationship with Bob Geldof Possibly, as they yeah. did with Bono. I did kind of think, though, that, you know, what is it that... an because I was listening to it on the way into, I haven't finished it. I'm, it's like forty chapters. Yeah, I I'm up to I'm like probably not going to finish it. This the is chapter I'm on is called "Pride in the Name of Love," and it's it's kind oh. of they're they're it's not really connected with the song. It kind of is, but they were they were trying to they were campaigning to help make uh, Martin Luther King Day a national right. holiday at the okay. time, and that's why the song comes up. It's not always chronological when a song comes mm. up as a chapter title, yeah. but uh, but he was talking about to drop the debt campaign yeah. that they were involved in and uh that was like 20 years ago at this mm-hmm. point and um but i was thinking when he was describing the process of it it all seemed very um boring mm. and, and like a lot of time out of his life quite tedious and having to deal with people who aren't were kind of obnoxious and politicians who are just determined to oppose him because he yeah. was coming from a democrat yeah. starting point and uh, but it's, I just kind of thought, well, why is he doing it? And then mm. I thought, well, he, he genuinely cares yeah. about these things. These oh, things. Like, the thing. And I think that's the thing. For In this country, the begrudgery thing is real. Oh, it really And is. it's kind of like, um, to hear him going on about this thing, these things makes us realize how little we go on about them or mm-hmm. how little we involve ourselves in these things. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to go, oh, he's an asshole mm. or he's annoying yeah, rather than turn him. it back to yourself and go, well, what am I Maybe doing? I or what do. am I, you know, am I just... Am I just trying to find find fault with his caring of it because I don't? Yeah, I don't. Or I don't think. care as much or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, that's some of it. And I think it's very easy to kind of say, oh, that's fine for you because you're rich and you're yeah. done. Or, or there's whatever. some other motive to it all. Yeah, or exactly. Yeah, I think people think they try. I think people try to pretend that maybe he's a bit in, in, ingenuous or something. Mm. That's not disingenuous. disingenuous. That's the word. That's the Close. Word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just missed that start. <laughs> just but but it's, it's very clearly not. Even no. if you don't like Votto, it's very obvious he clearly cares about these causes. Then, wouldn't you spend get, so much time. Yeah, but then you also get the, the counter-argument of, you know, uh, keeps a lot of his money offshore yeah, and kind well of that, all of that and stuff. That's and the whole thing about the fact you know, that they don't pay a tax or something, isn't it? Well, they don't really pay as much as they could in a way, I guess. But okay. for a nation of, you know, built on cutourism, as, mm. as you would imagine, mm. you know, there's a lot of brown envelopes. Kind of, the, the, and there's a lot of this... You know everything from Nixer culture to mm. brown envelopes and all this kind of shortcuts, and we've a, we've a, a bit of a. It's an ongoing thing in this country where people are bending the rules Slipping financially to him. Yeah. But as soon as he does it, it becomes a stick to it's beat him with. No, yeah, it's You're talking about huge like sums of money, but it's. But I remember even when they were doing their Point Depot gigs that were. It was the one where Bono said, it's time to go and dream it all up again. I think it was yeah, before... Yeah. Um, before Acting Baby, is it? Before Acting Baby, yep. Rattling Home. Yeah, it was the, mm. the end of that tour, mm-hmm. New Year's Eve. But I remember the ads going into the paper for that tour and people writing in and saying it should be free for Irish people or it should, oh, be, it should be like really heavily discounted for us. And this kind of notion of that we were owed something yeah, by them and the, and almost was so huge. They, they, yeah, that they, the band owed us something. Yeah, they'd be nothing without Irish. us. But yeah, really, when you think about it, there's 
most of their success, like they could easily do without our financial contribution. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they got big in America before they kind of got big here, mm. really, in, in some yeah. ways, the relentless touring they did. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think the begrudgery thing has a, a lot to do with it, but also Bono's personality because he is so outdoors. Like, I think, well, Edge wouldn't be, wouldn't be a front man, but no. say if he was, they probably wouldn't have got the flack. They wouldn't have been as big, probably, but no. they wouldn't have got the flack that they did. I think it's a mixture, it was a mixture between begrudgery and people just being a bit, Irish people being a bit almost offended by his kind yeah. of confidence and his outdoor. Now, I think this generation now, I want, if they came along now, I don't know if they would be the same. Well, there might be the same backlash. It's hard to say. I just think he's a, he's a bit of a lightning rod for people in that they, they'll have strong opinions about him. And he's very, uh, he's very outspoken. Mm. I think, but having listened to the to most of the audiobook now, I do get the impression that he is aware yeah. of himself. And yeah. he's, like, he came across much more self-deprecating than I thought he was going to. Mm. I wasn't expecting him to be pompous or anything, but I wasn't expecting him to be as, as, as quite as down-to-earth, yeah. you know, as he was, you mm-hmm. know, for a man who has ridiculous amounts of money, like, to the point, I think he owns 10% of Facebook or something. Oh, does like, he? Yeah, he's, he's, oh, they were right. big, him and I think maybe The Edge as well as a big investor. Like, okay. they do a lot of this, is it angel investing, they call it, early on in, in tech startups and stuff. And I think Facebook was one. Oh, okay. And I think that must have generated in the billions for him. Wow, you know. right, didn't know not that. Not sure he still has it or it's still worth that. Probably not, but, yeah. uh, but you know, so that that's the other thing is like he has, you know, serious FU money. Mm. So he's not doing these things like for, um, you know, for personal gain mm. really, you know, and I don't think he's, He's doing it for a political clout or anything like that. He's not mm-hmm. running for office. I think he's just using his celebrity in an interesting way. And, and in the book, he talks about himself and his wife, Ali, going to Ethiopia mm. when they were 21 or something right. like that. Oh, Staying yeah, there yeah. for a month or something yeah, in a tent. Yeah. And you're kind of going, mm-hmm. already he's done more than most yeah, people will ever do yeah, for, for charity a, and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, from a very young age, he and had I, an interest in it. And I kind of think, you know charity work like that and on campaigning on that level is something he does not have to do mm. no he know? doesn't and he That's gets, he gets more stick for it than anything else certainly in this yeah. country you oh know? he really does I don't know if he does as much in other countries but definitely in Ireland which is just so strange to say why well, are you giving out about somebody who is trying to do something yeah. good I don't understand what the problem well, is we don't like tall poppies in this country do we you no know, they, they, well that's you know. the thing it is I think a lot of it comes down to the begrudgery thing and the, who do they think they are I think yeah, because exactly, they're Irish you know. but yeah it's funny because I was actually really looking for when you suggested it, I thought oh that's a great idea and I really we'd we'd already covered Sinead O'Connor's audiobook yeah, yeah. and I loved that and I knew I wanted to listen to the audiobook as well so I was really looking forward to listening to it then I started and, and like that I was really pleasantly surprised yeah. at how self-deprecating it is yeah, and how he's absolutely. really aware of how people think of him but also of how he is not yeah. just what people think of him he knows he goes on a lot he knows he's difficult to be in a band with everything else then I started listening to it and then I got to a stage where it's just it's so long there's obviously 40 chapters because there's 40 yeah, yeah. songs I only met I'm on 23 at the moment and I got to the stage where I just was like it was weird I was like enjoying it but also really looking forward to it ending as well yes, it's like, yeah. I thought this is almost like kind of but at the same time still thinking it's really good and worth reading so it's like it's an, al- it's an analogy for how a lot of people feel about you too it's like yeah, you can it see is, yeah. the merit in it and that it is really good but at the same time it's like oh shut up yeah. <laughs> you know, like so. when it goes on to the political stuff I, I find it interesting up to a point but I, it's not what I'm here for no that's and the also thing. the religious stuff the re- I, I had no idea that they were so religious I, I kind of did I didn't know that but but he never addresses the the contradiction in religion in a way like he, mm. he doesn't seem to wrestle with it. No, you know, no, he just seems, he seems like he outright be. believes, and I just he's I don't know. I don't want to sound 
this is going to sound slightly offensive, I guess, but I would have thought he's a bit smarter than that, that he wouldn't mm. just blindly, blindly believe. Yeah. Because like there is a contradiction at the center of, of faith that is undeniable. You know, mm-hmm. you've got this incredibly complex universe that, that religion is trying to explain, mm. but it doesn't explain its creator. Its creator mm. didn't need an explanation, mm-hmm. but everything else needs one. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so there is a contradiction. At yeah, the middle I, that, that's why I was surprised about it as yeah. well, because he seems like such a deep thinker and it, almost a little bit scientific in the way, even in the way he constructs songs. And yeah. he's, uh, and, uh, and that was one part that I really enjoyed about it. So I was surprised to hear, I didn't realize they had so mm. much faith. But it's interesting, he's very much, he's very comfortable with it and he's very comfortable, you know, pretty much saying, yeah, I know other people don't, but this is how I feel about it. Mm. And, you know, they'll see not that they'll see this someday too but kind of just almost a knowing of well this is going on and if other people don't believe in it sure. that's fine but, yeah um, they're very earnest about it at one point like mm, the band nearly broke up I because know. they were going to yeah. pursue this and then yeah. they all and then they were reminded that they had signed a contract signed, to tour yeah. america and yeah. that they, they god and managers stressed i'm sure god doesn't want you to break a contract yeah, got contract. yeah paul mcginnis is great he, he says comes like across very, very well, yeah, yeah very dry and same with adam he comes Payton across well. very well yeah. Then, yeah i'm at the stage now where they've realized how bad of a drug problem adam oh, yeah, Payton yeah. has they've just played in sydney but i i've said this before but because i'm not a musical person at all i'm always fascinated with hearing how songs come together especially yeah, songs yeah. that i think are amazing so even when they're talking about um, I Will Follow which yeah, is another yeah. song that that was kind of the, one of the first oh, songs the bigger, that, yeah. uh, but I, lo- I love that song and when he's explaining like I just want to sound like this and, and yeah, you know yeah. and, when he, and he's, he's talking about how he, he kept like, kind of almost shouting at the edge and, and Adam saying this is the type of sound that I yeah, want yeah. and then and they just kind of came up with it and they just right. went from there uh, I love hearing about the constructions of yeah. songs because I have no idea how to do that well do you know I think, I think with that and if you think of McCartney in um, in the Get Back documentary where he basically bashes out get back mm. the song itself mm. and, and I, I guess it's different now because we know we know the songs they're both trying to make in, the, in both those instances and mm-hmm. we can see them getting there and it, we're looking at it in our head where it's like it's been reverse engineered for us but for them they're just trying things and they're just you know it's and that's how you do it you, you, you bash the thing out so sometimes you get inspiration and you've, you've got a song or music for a song in 10 minutes mm. and other times you'll go I've got a bit of it I'm going to come back to that yeah. and you might have that bit for months and then you find another bit or you take two bits of songs and bolt them together. It's very unglamorous, yeah. 95% yeah, of the time. Yeah, which is, is so, interesting. <laughs> and it was good to hear their process and everything. Mm. And I, I really like that when people demystify the process Definitely. for people because it, it is, it's never, or it's so rarely divine intervention. Yeah, it, that's it's, what I was just it's thinking. It's never that, that, you know. Exactly, like it's, there's maybe bits of that where say where, Paul McCartney came in and he he it was some part of Get Back and he just had this tune in his mm. head or something. So yeah, it seemed yeah. to happen more to him maybe than oh, other well, yeah, people. Oh, yeah, I believe that. But, you know. um, but, but, the it, other but side that of, was only bits yeah. of it. Again, yeah. it was but it was the actual constructing of it and the kind of the nuts and bolts yeah. of making a song was just very much getting down to it and just keep going until yeah. you find... Well, McCartney is, right. is like one of the best for, for music. His mm. lyrics are not... No, they're are not. a bit more hit and miss. <laughs> yeah. And his ad-libbing in songs is among the worst you'll ever hear. <laughs> so, you know, his, you know the little ad-libs he does at the end of uh, Get Back? If you listen to the song, you'll hear okay, all these ad-libs yeah. he does at the end, and they're yeah. shockingly bad. Right. It's, it's kind of stuff you kind of go, Paul, you're a genius, <laughs> and I use that word, you know, very rarely, but you're not an ad-libber. <laughs> <laughs> right. Know your strengths. Yeah. Uh, but, God. but I Who just love that. good ad-libber? I've tried to, I tried to just I love that. <laughs> just on, a, on the side, you ever see those TikTok videos where people are miming the ad-libs 
that Michael Jackson did oh, yeah. in Remember the Time. You know, that's like, there's <laughs> some of the funniest, look that up, there's some of yeah, the funniest things you'll ever hear. Side note, but I've, I used to hate lip syncing videos and now I've Some of them are great. I just some love them. Them are what's, that, what's that girl's name? Is it Kaylee, Kaylee, Kaylee Trapp? Oh she is amazing. God, she's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, but we, uh, we want to become her friend. Now. Yeah, this will be, she's great. This will be what the podcast has been all about, yeah. leading to this moment. Yeah, leading to this moment. Yeah. Kaylee, if you're out there. So one thing I would definitely suggest about the book is to listen to it rather than read it. Just because I think because it goes on so long as well uh, like you're saying I think he you were saying earlier on the staff room that the way Bono reads it it's almost as if he's just coming up with this even though he's clearly reading yeah. the script uh, he's got a nice way about it that mm. it does it seems it seems it seems read and and just spoken at yeah, the same, at the time. same he's time he's got a very good yeah. I and mean, you would expect for somebody who has He's a performer. He, yeah, and he, he can handle crowds and he can handle it's yeah, no problem. Exactly. For him. But I also love in the audiobook, very similar to the talking to strangers Malcolm Gladwell audiobook mm. that we covered last year. Um they'll have cl- they'll have music playing in the mm. background or they'll have songs that have been um r- recorded kind of for the audiobook yeah. as in old songs, yeah. previous U two songs. Stripped down versions of these songs. Yeah, yeah, and I love that. I th- I love this whole audiobook experience where they're they're becoming more like podcasts, which is great. <coughs> so I would me. recommend I definitely think think it's a book that's better at listening to rather Absolutely. than reading but yeah. uh, but the thing about him and Ali as well like I had no idea I, I knew they've been together for a long time yeah, but yeah. I didn't know they were so young when they yes, got together and absolutely. the fact that their marriage has survived this There long. were moments where I was kind of going, is he talking about infidelities here? Well, I had heard uh, rumours he, that they had an open relationship, but I, he doesn't yeah. talk about it at all. There are the moments where it's it's almost like he kind of had this analogy about the sun and stars and stuff and about how if another star shines brightly that she will come in and reorganize the universe again. Oh, okay. He'll be revolving. I maybe I haven't got to that bit yet. I, no, I think you, it was a very, it was just the tail end of a chapter, which is okay. a couple of lines. Yeah. And I kind of thought, is that what he's talking about? You mm. know? I know. Like um, I did always wonder, I, I suppose I always marveled at the fact that their, their relationship, they, they got together so young yeah. and they were together when he was so young and starting out in, the biggest Big rock, rock band in the world. world like it's just it seems like it doesn't wouldn't make mm. it doesn't make sense that they could stay together so long but then I did hear rumours that they kind of had a bit of an open relationship yeah, well, I've in, heard like, that open, you know, like, but I don't know if that's true or not at all it's, it's like that that idea that I can't remember who oh, said it but it's basically right, oh the alarm yeah. but it said like everyone's got a Bono story in Dublin at right. least everyone's got one yeah, and everyone's yeah. heard something or yeah. some rumour and you kind of go yeah. well look even if 10% of these are true it's well, pretty, that's pretty the thing. Now he did very clear and it's very like it's there's two things that are really obvious throughout the book it's really obvious how much he loves Ali oh, like yeah, that's yeah. so obvious he really yeah. doesn't always has but it's also obvious how much he loves women and now that doesn't mean that he's, yeah, he's no, never he's, cheated or, yeah. but he definitely has this real love and appreciation for women and, and he talks yeah. about that that he's had that even since he was, you know, a young boy, he always yeah, yeah. preferred hanging around with women more than men. So yeah, it could be either either way. Even if they do have some sort of arrangement or whatever, yeah. Well, it's I, very I, obvious how much he loves her. Personally, I, I did kind of did strike me a little bit because you don't hear it that often. And I was, I've always been very much the same that I always felt, I always felt it was easier to talk to women than it was to talk to men because mm. I didn't really know what they wanted to talk about but I just knew that it was yeah. football I can't really help you there <laughs> yeah. there'd be lots of things that I just wouldn't have an interest in I could talk about but I always found it easier to talk to women Yeah. so it was, it was kind of nice to hear that you know and uh, he does seem to have a twinkle in his eye Definitely. Uh, about it as well so it, yeah. but one of the things I really liked about it, just a detail I'll finish on this and, mm-hmm. but it was kind of um, he was talking about a time when he knew that she was the one for him and it was kind of finishing up at school and yeah. stuff like that and he but it was a moment where he was talking about um 
what was probably actually playing music wise at the time in this moment was Schools Out by Alice oh, Cooper. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Would, he I'm, said, "Would you please put in Teenage Kicks by the yeah, Undertones?" So that was and that great. was playing underneath that. And yeah. I really liked that touch. Yeah, it was really that's lovely. what I loved about the yeah. audiobook. So, so would you now? I'm on chapter what is it? Twenty three, twenty four. Mm. 23 mysterious ways I don't know if I'll finish it even though I've enjoyed it so far will you okay maybe I will there's just there's other things I would prefer to listen to at the moment but having said that I would recommend it I think he's a really good writer obviously very good I think uh, for me there's a backlog of podcasts building up because of this you know like the dam is about to break (laughs) but I just because I haven't been able to give it it's 20 hours it's so long it's just like everything with Bono it's like you're brilliant you're great but like Jesus you could have left out 10 chapters out of this like my granddad used to say you're a good act but you're on too long yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that's so that is how i feel about the audiobook how i'd yeah. say you two big you two fans though would oh, absolutely yeah. love absolutely it. but there, yeah. i do think there's a lot of chapters that could be left out it needs yeah. an editor but at the same time maybe it doesn't because maybe it's for you two i fans. think it's i think it needs an editor for us because we want to get through it yeah but if you're in no if hurry you'll enjoy every yeah, minute of it I think that's you know. true yeah alright great we're okay, recommending perfect. that one recommending that one yeah, yeah. never but thought I'd see today yeah look at you <laughs> uh, but it is long now I'm just wondering on a side note should I pause this and just save it because I haven't actually yeah I think it'd be okay do you think yeah, yeah. if it crashes that's, that's, if it crashes that's that masterpiece go yeah, on there yeah. okay perfect so what are we going to do next your, then your call okay we'll go with um, Barbarian sure okay and Here's Lorraine again yeah. with a fantastic introduction <laughs> <laughs> barbarian. <laughs> um, so another another bang up the job there, Lorraine. Really the good. Knocking them out of the pack. Knocking <laughs> them out of the pack. <laughs> you got all dry there. <laughs> <laughs> the pack. Yeah. Okay. I did actually hear someone in Dryde do today ask for a Javity Starbars. Starbars. Starbars to her. Non-dodgy uh, non friends. Um, okay, so Barbarian, Barbarian. again, you recommended this. Yeah. But I had heard about it, funny yeah. enough, I think before you recommended it, and then another friend of mine, Cloda, who, uh, shout out to Cloda if she's listening, uh, recommended it as well. And she right. she had just happened to see it on some, I think it was um, on a streaming site or something, and I hadn't Illegally. Heard. Yeah. Yes. Illegally. That, that's what she was doing. <laughs> that what you mean? Sorry, Cloda. No, don't, don't listen to this episode. Don't give out her surname, whatever you do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she said said you really liked it so then I watched it um, now, then I did hear obviously I knew by the name mm. that I, he said watch this and then I did ask you is it really is gory? It gory because it's obviously a horror yeah. with that name um, and I thought there was one there's one gory bit I was you know, very pleasantly surprised with the lack of gore yeah, yeah. but at the same time it was it was still scary enough which is great so I, I had heard about this as an amazing new horror film oh, okay. kind of I being pitched as a kind of a a new type of horror film almost or just real estate horror is the name of this is that really? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's new genre so, do you well, want do you want to well, give it you're going to give some ups of sure films. well I won't give too much away but it, with, yeah. with the real estate horror in mind I, I guess it starts off with a, a double booking in an Airbnb mm-hmm. this this uh, woman shows up at an Airbnb it's lashing rain and it's pouring rain and this night time yeah and it seems like it, it seems like quite a nice little uh, bungalow kind of place mm-hmm. but um she can't get in. Uh, her code won't work. She can't get the key out of the out of the little deposit box there. And it turns out there's somebody already there. This mm. guy played by 
Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. Who yeah. plays the female lead? Uh, Do you have that? I don't have no, her. That's fine. I know her. The character's name is Tess. Right. That's so as she, far as I know. And got I've never seen research. her in a film before. <laughs> no, so that's the only reason I know his name good. over hers. Yeah. And I didn't do my research. <laughs> but so so they're there trying to figure out what's happening. They can't get in touch with the owner, I think. No, they both and have tried. They both have, I think they both have the same number, but they've gone right, through different But they things. can't get through. So it turns out that he is going to, he offers her the room. Oh, they, they spend the evening having a bottle of wine together and mm-hmm. chatting and getting to know each yeah. other. And he seems like a nice guy. He seems like a very but nice guy. But I think so, the whole way through, you're thinking, this, this, is, this guy be. is going to be yeah. weird. This is the guy yeah. from It. He Absolutely. is definitely going to end up. When is he going to turn <laughs> into a weirdo? He's got his clown weirdo? suit and his so that, suitcase that there. That was a great casting on that part yeah. because you are expecting him to be a weirdo because yeah. everyone knows. So she goes to, to work the next day. So she and goes as she the, leaves, she, she realizes that she's in the only nice-looking house on the block. The rest of them are very run down. And, and the night before that, when she sleeps in his... So he gives her the bedroom, right. and then he sleeps on the couch, yeah. and she wakes up in the middle of the night... And, and her door is and open. And the door is open. Yeah. And then she sees that he's having nightmares and yes. he's kind of trashing about. Yes, that's right. Yeah. It's all a bit, it's all very creepy, basically. Yeah, so she wants to, she asks him, did he open her door and stuff yeah. like that. And he denies she, it. Yeah, she goes back into her room and that's it. Then the next day, yeah, she realizes. She comes back and she realizes that there's a, essentially a basement in the place. Mm, yeah. And um, there's like a hidden door in, in one of the rooms that leads to a basement. Yeah, yeah. And she goes to investigate. And maybe... We don't need to say yeah. much more yeah, about the plot there, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a, there's a very definite split in this movie where mm, one half definite. of it ends and the other, another takes over. Yeah, and it's almost like there's a new film Yeah, a new film starts about yeah. 25, 30 minutes into the film. Yeah. And Justin Long's character comes mm, in, who yeah. is the... For those who don't know him, he was the I'm a P, I'm a Mac in the I'm a Mac I'm a PC commercials from years ago. Do you remember oh, those right. ads? Oh, no, I don't remember. John that. Hodgman, you know John Hodgman, no. the American comedian and novelist. Anyway, okay. he's uh, so he comes into it as a, a disgraced movie executive, movie executive or a director. Yeah. Is he I, an executive? I think he is an executive or producer yeah. or something like so, that. He is the the actual owner of the house, mm-hmm. and he's heading out there. And we know yeah. something has happened in the house, and he's going out to investigate. Or he's no, he's just going he's to just going he's to just going to there. hide yeah. because yeah. he's disgraced mm-hmm. in a kind of yeah. Me Too type scandal. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to hide from the media out there. Mm-hmm. That's what it takes. So it's difficult from this point on to talk about too else. much about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But what I I really liked it. I think I preferred the first half a lot more than the second half. Yeah, yeah. It gets quite ordinary towards the end, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In some ways. It, uh, but it's, it never becomes completely ordinary, I don't mm. think. But it's a standard ending, I think, in some ways. Yeah, like, I, because yeah. the first half is my whole thing watching these these films is, it's weird, I do, I like well-made horrors, but at the same time, I am... I find it hard to watch them and I'm always worried it's mm. going to be really gory. So when yeah. I was watching this, I did, you know, I was thinking this is great. It's very scary. Even the music at the beginning and everything, it's, it's yeah. very creepy. And, you know, I was, it's, I kind of enjoy it and don't enjoy it at the same time. Mm. It's kind of like, I'll, I'll always end up going if there's some sort of like theme park that I'm not at that often. But if there's yeah. like a haunted house, I'll most likely end up going yeah. into it. And I don't know why, because the whole time I'll just walk through with my eyes closed. Right. <laughs> it's completely wasted. Yeah. So horror films are a bit like that, where yeah. I'm kind of like weirdly fascinated by them. But then when I start watching them, right. I'm like, oh, I hope nothing already happened. So yeah. the first half was great and it's really well done and really well made. But then when the second half happened, I was a little bit relieved because there was such a, a change of tone. Yeah, it was it so just much got very lighter. brighter. Then yeah, it was so much yeah. brighter. I was kind of thinking, oh, brilliant! It's and like a bit of relief yeah. here now. But I do think, as a horror film, the first half 
it was more like your traditional it was more like a, a kind of creepy horror film but then but then I suppose the whole the second half just turns the film on mm. its head then in a way yeah. and it turns into a it's almost more like a nope or get out type sure. film than yeah. the first half, which is more of a traditional mm. power film. But I like there was a moment in it without giving away the context where it does a time jump back to the sixties. Oh yeah, and yeah. The camera work in that in that section where it's like following this character as if he's in a video game almost, oh, with that yeah. directly behind him as mm-hmm. he walks yeah. and just follows him around from that fixed perspective yeah. for a lot of time. I thought yeah. that was interesting yeah. filmmaking. I hadn't quite yeah, seen anything no, I, quite like that before. Yeah, and, I, and yeah. there are little bits like that mm. where you kind of think, oh, this is just. I I felt like now I don't watch a massive amount of horrors, but at the same time I did feel like it, there was something different about it. Mm. I also felt like it was, it was trying to obviously the film was an analogy for something and sure. it seemed like it was maybe uh, some of it was an analogy for toxic masculinity and other sure. things as well there was different things yeah. in there but it kind of beca- as the film goes on then it kind of becomes more and more ridiculous in some ways yes. like I, again don't want to like give too much away but there is a scene where Justin Long is uh, measuring <laughs> his basement. Yes. Remember that? That was quite yes. funny. <laughs> no matter what he <laughs> and, finds, he's yeah, still measuring it for, for he, commercial he, yeah, uh, possibilities. Can he add this to his square footage? Yeah. And I just thought <laughs> things like that were very funny. But yeah. I would say, though, the less you know about this film going yes, in, the better. And like with most films. Yeah. I th- and again, I knew nothing about this sure. film going in. I didn't know who was in it. I didn't know what it was about. Yeah. I do think the Bill Skarsgård, whatever, Skarsgård <laughs> thing, was great casting because yeah. I kind of thought, oh, here's this yeah, guy. Yeah. So that was great in that way. Now, my question was when I was watching it was, and I think this is different for men and women, because I was wondering, right, if I came to an Airbnb and there was a man, a man mm. by himself staying there, there's absolutely no way I would stay there. But no. I think maybe men, if it was the other way around and there was a woman there, they might be like, ah, yeah. If it was like, if you got to an Airbnb and there was a man staying there and there was nowhere else to go, mm. would you stay there? I am. Uh, and it was a night like that, say, like. She seemed morning. to have a very comfy, spacious looking truck that she was. Her Jeep. Her Jeep that yeah. she drove there in. Yeah. I think I would have slept there. Would and you? in hindsight, I bet you wished she yeah. had. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so even, what if it was a woman? If it was a woman that was I, already there. If it was a woman I was already, I wouldn't even suggest staying there. But if she was like, ah, oh, yeah, stay here, it's fine. Well, yeah, I mean, I know what I'm like. I'm not no threat to anyone, any stranger, so I'd be okay with it. But I would never, you know, suggest staying there myself you know yeah so i think yeah i think it's different in that sense right okay um but it's uh it's it's i think it's well set up for the movie because as soon as he says it to her Mm. you're at the you just know this is a bad idea no matter what his intentions are yeah and then they seem to be getting to know each other quite well and there seems to be a bit of a spark there Mm -hmm. and they're kind of going oh no it's just the danger is increasing and stuff and i think it's very well done to kind of it's, it's almost like she kind of, through no level of stupidity of her own, it was just the circumstance and the rain and the mm-hmm. the lateness and all of that. He seemed a nice person. And then just the lowering of your guard that tiny yeah. bit. And it's it's also that kind of thing of suburbia, what's what's behind the closed doors. Yeah. And in this case, it's what's behind the only nice house the in the neighborhood. Nice, yeah, yeah. You know, it's why is it so nice? You know, what's going on there? Yeah, you know? that's the thing. Why yeah. are these people still here? Yeah. If everything else is because you get to see the neighborhood fifty years earlier 
and it's it's all like that mm. but now it's the only house that's preserved and the rest of them are destroyed yeah it um, did never really explains that it never really explains what happened in the 60s that they just said oh the neighborhood's going to hell yeah it but they had really to stay they, oh yeah they had yeah, to stay they, yeah 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 but i guess but it was just it's just like you know any big american town like Detroit or something when the motor industry goes it all falls into ruin yeah. and people are can buy houses for a dollar if they yeah. want to and then they get yeah. you know. I do think it was strange though that say Justin Long's character would have bought a property in it seemed like he'd never been there almost right. you know he, he just was using it as a money generating thing okay. that he'd just never been to right. and maybe okay. he was completely unaware of how, how bad yeah that's mm. a good point why would he buy that knowing what was around him well that, that's the thing maybe it's yeah, incredibly cheap or something yeah it did. now there was one the flashback to the 60s was I think yeah I think the way it was filmed was really interesting but it was also slightly terrifying and it's that so scary thing that you see in a lot of American mm. true crime dramas that used to happen a lot probably still does happen but could happen more back in the day where people didn't really lock their doors much and handymen yes. could, people it just seemed to happen over yeah, and over again very these, trusting yeah these serial killers would come into people's houses yeah. pretending to be somebody else and then leave a lock open so yeah, that they could exactly. come back yeah, later yeah, on yeah. And that was like, kind oh. of a chilling moment yeah, wasn't it? yeah just when you see that I just feel like I've seen that so much in yeah, America yeah, tr- like absolutely. true crime documentary yeah, yeah, so absolutely. not not like it you know it couldn't happen yeah. or whatever but I did yeah I think I really enjoyed it I think it was it's different to a lot of other uh, horror films I've seen I like the whole analogy you know, yeah. that I was trying to make and again Absolutely. I don't want to give too much away with that but it's not just your straightforward it's no. very obviously trying to say something the whole way through I think through. it's playing on a lot of the 80s and 90s horror movie basic tropes and stuff like that mm-hmm. but it's it's got enough of a twist on it to make it feel like something fresh yeah it's not my type of horror movie I, I watched uh, Midsummer again recently oh right yeah and uh, well I watched the first half because I just got to it was the extended version which is very long oh right okay. but um, I much prefer that yeah no, just Midsummer that menacing atmosphere yeah. that's just kind of yeah you can't see if you like something yeah and it's I think it's the the culture in Midsummer seems so ancient and yeah. just so yeah. embedded and, yeah you know but uh, i that that stuff hits me harder than this, but it was. Uh, mm. I I was I didn't find it scary. I just fi- I found the first half quite exciting in mm. the way it was handled. Yeah. And the second half was a bit more traditional, in some ways. But it's it's really I think it's very much worth anyone's time who has definitely a, an interest in horror. That's yeah. For sure. The director's called Zach Krager. I ha- yeah. I don't know if I've seen any of the. It rest might of be his first time first I feature. Think it, I think it might yeah. have been, but I really like this idea of as well. You know the way there's this this phrase as safe as houses and mm. there is an idea yeah, that yeah. sometimes that if you're in a house it, there's a comfort there and the safety and once you get because his whole thing the guy mm. was saying well just come in anyway and lock the door and everything else yeah, and yeah. there's there's this idea that she's safe in the house but, yes. uh, but the whole thing is actually yeah. the danger is in the house but I always thought it's that uh, old I can't remember what the movie was where um, this, this babysitter is getting threatening calls all evening and then rings the police about it and mm-hmm. eventually they ring back to tell her that the calls are coming are from coming inside from the house, the house. You know? yeah. and it's just that such a it's such an, an old thing but yeah. it's so effective yeah it really is that idea of you're, you once should, you're in your house you're safe yeah you, know? you should be safe in your house yeah. and nothing should be able to get in but I think uh, yeah I, I really liked it I liked the fact that it, and what I liked about it was there was a lot of suggested violence without actually mm. showing it which I always liked that because yes, I don't absolutely. particularly like the gore no and, I just think I think violence and gore is much more effective if you suggest it mm. you know because then you'll in your head you'll fill in the, the version of it that's most horrible to you and it'll just be more effective yeah whereas if they just show you things it's just kind of look we've seen it all at yeah. this point you know and so. I, now something I do, I do think it gets quite ridiculous in the second half yeah <coughs> that something happens or there is a, a, a character <coughs> excuse me that is um 
bit more superhuman in a way. A bit, yeah, yeah. That, you know, that, like scientifically, yeah, I don't think yeah. that's actually possible. But I yeah. kind of thought that was again. That's why I thought it was. You know, it, that didn't really matter because really this was just an analogy for I the think way our culture is. It felt like by the time they got to that point, it was almost like, well, we can kind of do whatever we mm. want now if they're still watching. You mm -hmm. know, so I think they yeah, just went true. for it and just and it was over the top and silly and everything. But I think. At that stage, you were just you were just along for the ride, really. Yeah, yeah. Lo logic be damned. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, but I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, I, I would too. Yeah, yeah I, really so good. that's called Barbarian, and it's in cinemas now. Is it it, it is in cinemas now. It's it's it, in it cinemas. might be coming close to its r the end of its run, but it's it's available. Okay, that's great. In, in various forms. Brilliant. Yeah. All right. Okay, okay so what does that, that leave? And then we're left with the Crown. And, and here's Lorraine <laughs> with an amazing introduction <laughs> to series five of the Crown. I will do some of these. So, uh, another great introduction there. <laughs> oh, you're, I'm you're just going to say... A hat trick this week, yeah. right? I don't know how you do it. I really just, I'm just feeling generous this week. Okay, <laughs> right. So, you've watched, this is season five. Yes. You've seen all the other yeah, yeah, seasons, absolutely. I'm assuming. Did we, okay. which one did we do we before? We covered season we three. We did two. Did we do two seasons? No, or just, just, season one? just season three. Yeah, oh, the first three episodes of season three. Okay. So I actually just finished season five, all of season yeah, five Yeah, I watched last um, all of them, uh, finished it last week. Okay, and yeah. I was surprised because I actually thought season five would go up to the car crash. But we, I, I thought so too, yeah. yeah. So this is kind of the day, it's sort of the weeks or months leading up yeah, to the car crash. Yeah, but she hasn't met. Dodie, Dodie yes. yeah. Only if she's met his father, but she hasn't Which I met. Which I kind of, well, we'll get to that, but I, I, it was kind of, um, yeah, I was surprised that that's, where not where it ended. Mm. Uh, so what what did you think of this series compared to others? Was there anything about it when it started? Were you what were your thoughts on yeah, it? Yeah, when it started, I a couple of observations um, because season four was. I do think I enjoyed season four, but I think I remember preferring season three. I thought season three was great, but a couple of things. My first impression was that the woman who plays uh, Diana, which is uh, Elizabeth Debicki. Yeah, that's it. She's very a, funny name. Debicki. Yeah, <laughs> she's Australian, first of is all, she? which is amazing yeah, because yeah. she sounds exactly she really like yeah, Diana. Yeah. Like she's got the big blue eyes and everything. She doesn't look exactly like her because she's she's actually a lot thinner than her, even though obviously much taller. As well, yeah, so she her physique isn't exactly the same, but she sounds exactly mm. like her she really seems to have got the the movements and the mannerisms, the, the mannerisms yeah. and the gestures and everything else so she's amazing yeah. in that way so that was one of my first observations I did think that Dominic West was way too handsome and rugged to play Charles yes <laughs> but I saw that I thought that's a very flattering you don't want to see uh, an Charles. accurate version of him <laughs> on screen so yeah. that's the only thing no but again I think he sounds very like him and he, and does, he comes yeah. across that his mannerisms especially are very like him but at the start I actually thought there was a lot of exposition with Charles yes. and Diana and I thought yeah, it was yeah. kind of necessary but then then the more I went into it, I thought, oh, maybe this was, maybe that was needed, but just to kind of catch mm. people up on, on what has happened. Yeah. But um, no, I think when it started, I think immediately I knew I was going to like it. I did think yeah. there was moments where there seemed to be a lot of uh, unnecessary exposition. There was a couple of things, though. This was the first time we'd seen Imelda Staunton as the Queen. Yeah. This was before now it was... Um, Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman. And at first I really thought she seemed like the nicest queen out of all sure. the queens. Yeah, because, yeah. again, Imelda Staunton has that kind of nice, cute sure. little face. I thought Philip, actually, to me, the man that was playing Philip, it's, he's, all of a sudden he seemed way too old. Like He seemed he did, yeah, too yeah, old yeah. and he didn't really look like him. Didn't even almost sound like him so I was a bit thrown off by that at the start now I don't particularly think any of these things are these things at the moment but these were my initial thoughts but I do remember thinking wow this is definitely the most human or she's, this is the most kind of approachable mm. queen that I've seen um, so they were kind of my first 
impressions of it, I thought that right. the, Diana and Charles, great. They were really um, accurate portrayals of them in terms of their mannerisms, mm. everything else. But I did think Charles Dominic West was too rugged. But with the Queen and Philip, I was thinking, oh, I don't know if I like this now because first of all, the Queen is only supposed to be sixty-five in it, and she seems a lot older. She does. That was the only thing. <laughs> now as it's gone Excuse on. Me. I don't think that about the Queen anymore. And mm. with Philip, I suppose I'm just kind of getting getting used to that actor. But I suppose the difference in looks and even in... Because I think the last two actors who played Philip mm. sounded and looked very like yeah. him. Whereas this actor doesn't particularly... Uh, yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan Price. He's a very um, he's a very established actor. He's very, very well regarded. But mm, he, he's, he's very good. But, but I, what I found about the whole thing was that if you actually think of over the course of the 10 episodes how much screen time Charles gets or Diana gets or any the Queen gets a lot but the rest of them like they're not in it that much mm. I, I find those whole episodes where they weren't in uh, particularly Charles he was missing for huge chunks in of, this of, season yeah I thought there was long so. stretches or if he did show up he'd be very brief right. like more towards the end than the start also I found that there was I thought it was a bit disjointed at the start I don't think we needed the whole episode introducing us to Muhammad Al Fayed. Yeah, that, uh, Dodi's father. Yeah, no, but I think not a whole episode. No, but the crown have kind of always done that. I thought, yeah. especially in the later seasons, where I found the, there was a lot of kind of extra time given to topics where you think, "Wow, I, sure. you spent a long time focusing yeah. on that particular story or that." It's a very character. expensive episode mm. as well. It seemed that it yeah, would, you know, shooting in Egypt and yeah, it just seemed um, all around the world. But it just seemed we didn't need to know that much about him. Yeah, you know, no, it, it does. I do think sometimes with the Crown, again, for a program that's so expensive to make, there does seem to be a lot of exposition possibly unnecessary mm. exposition in it where you're thinking why do you need to yeah, <laughs> include yeah. this it seems like there'd be other things now I thought Charles actually was featured in this quite a lot maybe really? that's just because well I have certain thoughts on Charles and that I think he's been given a very rough time of it generally well I think he'd be quite pleased about his portrayal in this it's, yeah, it's almost like he had a had a say in it because yeah. I'm not sure I think the truth must be somewhere between the two mm. you know and I think because did you see when he was being uh, when he had to sign the documents Oh when yeah, he in, yeah, and he had that hissy fit yeah, about the yeah. ink wells or something. Mm -hmm. That's him. Yeah, that's, that's who the he thing. is. I know. While he's being, he, he's involved in his uh, not his coronation as such, but he's signing over a documents, and he is going to act that way. Yeah. with the world watching. I know. I did you think that. Go, you know, I was disappointed on. when I saw that because I yeah. always felt sorry for Charles. The crown has just made me feel even more sorry for him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it's you see how how terrible his life was. Like my whole feeling mm. about Charles was that I think I said this one day in the staff room as well that I just feel terrible for him because I feel like he's this man who was born into this horrible family where mm. he couldn't really get any real love from his parents no. because of their their stature and everything else, and because he was the heir. To the throne they yeah, couldn't, yeah. it seemed like they couldn't for some reason or they felt like they couldn't be very close and loving with them then he was made marry a woman he didn't love even though mm. he was desperately in love with another woman and then yeah. I, I don't I, I, he, I think he does a lot I think the prince is what the, what he does with the prince's trust is mm. amazing he's raised a lot of awareness for different charities sure. I think he uh, it's been interested in environmentalism and activism long before anybody oh, else was yeah. talking about it I think he's done a lot of good oh, but because of the yeah. scandal of sure. his and Diana and, and Camilla's marriage and relationship sure. that kind of the, took away um, from it the scene where Diana's is it Diana's interview is going out on TV and Camilla is watching it with her husband yeah and like yeah. he seems fully aware of this relationship that she's mm, in as well yeah he doesn't seem 100% happy about it yeah but 
He's watching the interview. I know. With her. And I said, the, what a strange world they all live I in. I know, where this is oh. just accepted. <coughs> and also, there's a scene in it where Diana has met this doctor in the mm-hmm. hospital. Is he a heart doctor? He's a surgeon, surgeon? yeah. yeah. And uh, kind of says his surname. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there is zero chemistry between them on screen. Mm-hmm. They seem like the most unlikely pairing of people that you could imagine. Yeah. But he has obviously stayed the night in her place and she is seeing him out the next day to get into a taxi, like a black cab mm. in the grounds of whatever palace yeah. she's in yeah. at like six in the morning. And you kind of go, is this cabbie not just going to sell this story? Sell I'm sure you maybe know? he did. Because I didn't know about that surgeon until I listened to the, the you know, that podcast. Um, oh, the one that we've God, What's the name of it? Sorry, I'm just drawing. It's one a of those histories one. Yeah, no. where they, they take something that's. That, that you thought you knew about, but actually... Oh, yeah, I know the one you're talking I can't remember. Sarah Hobbs and... Uh, or Sarah Marshall and Is it Michael. So You Think You Know or something? You're wrong about it. You're wrong you're about, wrong about. Okay, um, yeah. There was a whole... Uh, there was maybe four or five episodes yeah. of You're Wrong About It by Diana. And so great, it's, they're great episodes and there's so much uh, so much well, research that's gone into them. But they talk about this surgeon guy. Yeah. Apparently she was obsessed with him. Like she and really it was. didn't come across why in this yeah, program and at all. Yeah, and he's only featured, I think, in one episode. So yeah, that was apparently yeah. a big, big relation. Like that went up right up to the Dodie and I apparently... Right. Even in the up Dodie, to the ring, Dodie. Up to the Dodie. <laughs> <laughs> He's even, dead Dodie yeah. now. Oh, God. <laughs> Episode one of season six, the Dodie. <laughs> um, even in the relationship with Dodie, uh, I think she was still pining after this surgery, right, according okay. to this. So he, he was a huge part well, of her did, life after Charles. They did Charles not and, show any chemistry mm, between them at all, I yeah. thought. No, there were uh, certain things like that. Um, one thing I noticed about Diana that I think this actress does really well and it was only when she did it I realised it I thought oh yeah Diana's actually very childlike or she was very yeah. childlike in yeah, her yeah. in her mannerisms and I yeah. think that particular actress gets that across Well I think well. In, in her interview with uh, who basically just turns out to be the biggest scumbag ever oh, is Martin, Martin Bashir, Bashir. Yeah. Again you know, didn't know about all, every, I didn't all of know the really how corrupt I, ways He seemed like a slimy character anyway but um, you know just Seeing how manipulative he was mm. with the Michael Jackson interview, which you know, let's let's not let Michael Jackson off the <laughs> hook. But he just he did. even even in that company, he mm. came across as just yeah. a sleazy, yeah. not it's in not, the same way. Yeah, but it's not great if you yeah, sleazy approach yeah. Michael Jackson. It's not, yeah, we have to kind of flip a coin between <laughs> us. Who's, who's the sleaziest yeah. one? Again, I only knew about that from listening to you wrong about what they right. talked about. That was the first time I'd ever heard that there was any. But all the forgeries of documents yeah. to make her feel paranoid about the people who worked terrible. with her and just you know. And making her brother yeah, feel like yeah. her brother got involved as well. Just the manipulation. I mean, it makes you feel very naive that you kind of are surprised of these things in, in, in media yeah but but her demeanor in those interviews uh, but all this looking up from under her eyebrows yeah. kind of in the real interviews in the real interviews I think they they didn't quite get that right I don't mm. feel in the, in the thing but it was um, yeah she had this very I think she knew what she was doing yeah. I don't, she was much yeah. more worldly wise than you would think yeah but uh, but this acts of you know this poor me kind of mm-hmm. act is is like that that interview is very strategic yeah you definitely. know and yeah uh, she was trying it, it really oh, seems like she was trying to burn it all down you know? <laughs> <laughs> like I did really like there's a conversation between and these are I think some of the best parts of the crown actually mm. is when they obviously are trying to imagine what a conversation might have been yeah. like and I don't know what they're basing it on yeah. but they never come across as over the top or unrealistic like you kind of think yeah maybe that conversation did happen actually but there's a conversation between Diana and the Queen where Diana goes yes. to tell the Queen yeah, that this yeah. interview is coming out I don't yeah. know whether that conversation even happened but if it did they did 
I don't, the Queen comes across very well in it, yeah. I thought, in that she's just explaining, you know, you think we've been out to get you from the start. We haven't. Yeah. It's all in your head. Well, you know, why air your dirty laundry like this? You could have came to talk to us. And yeah, then Diana's yeah. saying, I tried to. And yeah. then she's just saying, you think we, we think about you all the time. The reality is we're all so yeah, busy. Absolutely. We don't have time to think about anyone else. And I just thought that that conversation yeah. was actually quite realistic. And, and it was a conversation at the end between Charles and Diana after the mm. divorce that is going well and then, and it, yeah, turns, and then it turns. You know? Which I'd but imagine does probably happen could, to a yeah. lot of divorced couples or couples who have exactly. ended badly where it'll always come to a stage because it's too raw sure. that they can't continue But there was also it. a conversation between the Queen and Prince Philip about his relationship with this woman, Penny. Oh, uh, that was, yeah. But it was yeah. kind of like, um, I kind of felt with that one, I said, like, you are completely speculating about that conversation. Oh, yeah, you with know? Philip and the Queen. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I wouldn't just, imagine that, oh, I don't know, it's so no hard to know. There's no way of knowing that, you know, how that, what happened there and yeah but also um i didn't really buy that whole thing between philip and the woman who played penny who was uh what was the actress name she was in the truman show she was natasha something Mm -hmm. i can't remember yeah anyway i didn't buy it it didn't, again, another relationship where you kind of, the implication was that there was something going well, on. Well, I looked at, appara- yeah. there was a woman called Penny and yeah. she was a very attractive woman as well. And apparently they did, like she was the only, one of the only non-royals who was invited to Prince Philip's funeral. Right, okay. She, they were really, really good friends. But and I, Is I, the implication I, that there was something more going on? Uh, yeah, but I think, um, I think it was that everyone knew it looked bad. I think everyone knew that Philip was a massive flirt and had obviously probably yeah. had dalliances. I don't think he probably did with her. I think he probably, he liked having a younger, good looking yeah, woman. Yeah. Around him, I uh, even the I fact just, that she was invited to that is yeah. You know, I think it, the, the, I I do remember reading in that article they were saying you know the queen, like she, obviously she did she didn't really watch the crown or whatever, but that she she would have been hurt, that what these were informers would have been hurt by the suggestion that something was going on right. with Philip and because there's always Penny. the suggestion in it that she had feelings for this other character called Porchy. You remember oh, this guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, And he yeah. does show up in this off-camera. Off-camera, yeah. And she, she's delighted Porchy. to see him. Yeah. And then, you know, and it just seems like nobody's expect Marriages seem to be of convenience. Mm. And they nobody is fully expecting them to work or fully expecting anyone to be faithful mm-hmm. or, you know, find your happiness elsewhere kind mm-hmm. of thing. And But also um, the idea that uh, Prince Philip was kind of wasn't going to do what he was told. Yeah. And he wasn't going to be, you know, warned off or... Uh, and then the Queen had to kind of meet this this Penny. woman and then try and... Befriend her. Or yeah, and wanted her to go to the Christmas yeah. church service with her yeah. to be seen as a friend yeah. and yeah. be no problem. The only thing is, of everything we've seen of Philip and, you know, you hear about things that Philip did as well, uh, I wouldn't... I know a lot of it is fictionalised or dramatised or whatever, mm. but I wouldn't be surprised if... Because he was very good friends with this woman who was mm. younger than him and she was very glamorous and attractive and everything else. And it was a bit strange. I suppose it was a bit of a strange friendship. I wouldn't put it past Philip, not that I knew him at all, mm. that he might have a conversation with the Queen, or he might just say, "Look, I have this. Fr- this is yeah, a yeah. friendship I'm going to keep in my life. Um, so if if you don't, if you don't, if you don't want it to look bad to the press, then you just need to be yeah, friendly, yeah. basically." And and the Queen did seem sh- like she was all about appearances for the yeah. mon- for the for the, the the sake of the monarchy. So I could Im- I could imagine her doing something yeah. like that. I can, but I think I think the reality might have been that. You know, he doesn't strike me as a man who has a lot of female friends, mm. you know, because she was the 
from what I could see, she was the only female friend. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, now, what what have I looked at? I haven't looked into this much at all. Mm-hmm. But it just struck me as, because it was on the back of a conversation about kind of, well, what have we in common anymore, you know? Yeah, and all yeah. Of this. And she, it's like she had never questioned it. Yeah. Like, she was hurt by all of this, and, and he was basically saying, I, I, I basically need this, you mm, know? Yeah. And I'm not going to change, so yeah. you need to somehow accommodate yeah, this. Yeah, no, I that you know? that conversation I just felt so terrible for the queen during that, but I, I do remember thinking, hey, obviously that conversation probably didn't happen. But mm. I would imagine there's actually probably a lot of scenarios in marriages sure. where yeah. that has happened, where yeah. somebody has had to have what is there's a name for it? It's called triangulation or something. Yes. Yeah, where yeah. you have to have a third person to make the relationship. The work, work. wife or the work husband yeah, kind of thing, like, you know. I'd say a lot of the time it just goes unsaid, but I'm sure, sure there's been conversations in, in couples saying, look, yeah. if you want me to stay, you have this this relationship has to continue yeah. because otherwise I'm But I think also maybe she'd been turning a blind eye to a lot. I would imagine so. I'm probably just so busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was the head of the yeah, sovereign. There's a lot going on every day, you know. It's a, yeah. But uh, uh, okay, but so uh, in terms of how it ended, how did you feel about it? I was I couldn't believe that it ended. Now, felt like there needed to be one more episode. Yeah, you know? I, well, first of all, I was I was expecting the last episode to be the the crash, or maybe even leading up to the crash. But this was more like this was. So the the last episode is Diana is just about to go on holidays with um, Muhammad, Dodie's oh, father, yeah. and well, he's she's obviously going to meet Dodie there. I think yes. this is where she meets Dodie. So, uh, so obviously, then season six is going to be all about right. the, the crash and the yeah. aftermath and everything else. When I do love the Crown, and I, I think they're really well made. I think the actors are all great in it. Mm. It's such a good production. One thing I do find about the Crown is, unlike other programs, sometimes when I'm watching it by myself. I will get up and start doing other things <laughs> I'll be doing other things I, because there is so much exposition and yes, a lot of the time or you'll have whole yeah, episodes yeah. like the Muhammad um, Al-Fayed episode where it's it seems like it's okay if I miss a little bit of this that's the yeah, only I can, thing about the crown yeah crime. particularly the more historic episodes I, can, I feel like I can yeah, just like kind of look away no for a second a I might get up and start like Hoover or no, something but like you know I might be on yeah. my computer I might be doing something whereas there's other shows where yeah. I wouldn't do that with so that's the only thing about. but I do love it yeah. and I'll definitely be watching the next episode the next season yeah. but I, I'm I was a little bit disappointed with how yeah, it ended I kind of wonder where the next one can go really because in terms of the the plot like Dan, Diana's got about a year to go. Yeah, and not even. I think it's only maybe, a couple of months. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But she, um, it's kind of. Well, where does it go after that? Yeah, because it does seem thing. like where there was a kind end? of a long period of quiet after that, mm-hmm. or, or. I think it should possibly. I, it could possibly end. I there, think it should know? possibly end after the aftermath of the funeral, maybe. Or, I, I or unless there's a time jump to Prince Andrew or something like that. Yeah, you know? and I because I just think it's all, what's happening now. It's too current to be making a show. But you say if they're yeah, going to be featuring yeah. Prince William and 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 Kate and and Harry and Meghan, like I wouldn't want to yeah. see that because it, then it would then it kind of turns into one of these like cheesy yeah. TV dramas. They're all things. still young enough to play themselves, and yeah, if they wanted to. That's the. Yeah. And I have to say, I still think possibly there was some episodes in season three that were brilliant. I still think season one was possibly the best, and I still think Claire Foy was the best was interpretation yeah, of yeah, the absolutely. Queen out of all um, of them. But also, there was no ep- there hasn't been an episode since I can't the remember Wales. what it's called, the Wales yeah, one, yeah, yeah, about the, the coal mine disaster. Yeah. There hasn't been a, anything as impressive as that. Now, yeah. I'm not just talking about the scale of the disaster, but the emotional impact yeah. of it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it's uh, some of the casting now is getting a bit. Strange. You're talking about Dominic West as Prince Charles. He does a great job, mm. 
but he's Johnny Lee Miller. Johnny, is that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, stop putting these good-looking people yeah. into roles. <laughs> what's her name? Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Come on. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, she did. She did really. I forgot. God, I forgot that she played yeah, Maggie yeah. Thatcher. But yeah, very good looking Maggie that was, Thatcher. That was but very kind. No, she her, did yeah. old herself up a lot. Like she, she did. Yeah. She, you know, considering well, how she looks. But I know there's, <laughs> a, there's a couple of casting choices where you think. Yeah, Johnny okay. Lee Miller is John Major. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he, I, he, you know, he makes John Major look very good. He makes him look. I don't mean just physically, but like he comes across as a very kind of calm, he does. He's very person, re- reasonable, rational man. Because my know? only memories of John Major was spitting image. And that's. <laughs> They, they just kind of caricatured him as boring and mm. grey but he was I mean that's stable, stable. Yeah, that's yeah. code for stable uh, really the, the guy who's about to play Tony Blair doesn't look anything no, like him at all he kind of sounds like him but he doesn't look yeah. anything and like I guess him. he's appropriately bland you yeah. know, for Tony Blair <laughs> yeah but, but uh, so overall would you recommend this yeah season? I would I, I think it's uh, like I say if you want to get some other things done during the Mohammed yeah. Al-Fayed episode <laughs> yeah. feel it's free. a good chance to do the yeah. wash and do anything like miss that anything <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, it it is very good. It's yeah. very good. It's, it's a little. I found it more disjointed than previous series. Mm. I think there's not as much story to go around at the moment. Maybe yeah. without making it obviously the Charles and Diana show. Yeah, you know. Oh, oh there we go. Our, and now we stop. Yeah. So yeah, I would recommend it. Lot of lot of explaining in it, but at yeah. the same time, very well made, like yeah. all the other seasons. But like, if you've been watching it to now, you're gonna watch it. You yeah, know, it's, exactly. It's a yeah. No brainer. Okay. All right. That's great. We, all stu- right. we did well. We yeah, stuck with it. Within our twenty minutes, um, yeah. so we don't know again, of course, what we're doing next time. Of course I, not. I, I'm very. Li- I'm listening to a very good uh, podcast at the moment called Bad Bad Thing that okay. I was possibly going to suggest for the next one. So maybe we'll, right, okay. we'll talk about that I'll next. Look at that. Are you listening yeah. or watching or reading anything good at the moment? Um, no, the Bono thing has kind of taken over all of the all of yeah, the listening really at does. the moment. So much I'm, content. It's a bit of a personal plug, but I'm listening to a friend's album uh, called Birds. By M. Stevens and the Gasts. Okay. It's really good. I'd recommend it to anybody. Uh, available wherever you stream your music from. But it's a cracking album. And I Brilliant. went to the launch the other night and it was great. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. What's it called again? Uh, Birds is the name of the album. And the band is M. Stevens and the Gasts. M. Stevens and the Gasts. The Gasts. The Gasts. As in aghast at something. Oh, you know, and, the, uh, uh, and the Gasts. Yeah, okay. So, uh, Mike Stevens and the Gasts. Okay, so right. Stevens. Yeah, so Pretty really great album. Birds available wherever you stream your music okay yeah. brilliant all right okay then well then until on, on next that note time, then. um bye oh, and then we'll say i don't delete this whole thing <laughs> <laughs>